Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Well, now the injuries have finally taken their biggest toll with the Buccaneers. Um, we know all about the defensive backs, just the rotating, you know, secondary that they've had from game one. With Sean Murphy bunting, dislocating his elbow. You've had Jordan Whitehead in and out. Now he's uh, he's out at the time. Of course, Mike Edwards is suspended. Um, the other day, I think uh, uh, Jamel Dean got a concussion. I mean, it just continues on and on. And even Will Golston, the defensive lineman, he's got sort of a patellar tendon situation. But the worst injury that they have had, they finally sustained. And I knew it the minute it, it, it sort of presented itself. Uh, I was there. I watched the struggle, the pain of one Bruce Arians. That's right. Bruce Arians sort of, I don't know, having a tough time getting off the field, for one, at the Mercedes, at Mercedes Stadium, and then to the podium so, you know, I had to ask him. We were talking about injuries. We were talking about all these guys that are nicked up. And I said, uh, hey, how's the old coach doing there? And he goes, not good, man. <laughs> he, he, he says, I strained my Achilles. He thinks he did something to his Achilles, short of tearing it, I hope, uh, while he was running to lose some weight. Wait a minute. What? See, yeah. I, I hope he feels better. Listen, I'm not trying to make fun of another guy's pain because he truly was in pain. Um, all I can say is Bruce is a little bit older than me. Not as much as some people think, but he's a little bit older. First of all, what do you mean you're running? You don't run at 69 years old, right? Unless somebody's chasing you with a weapon. Like, where are you? You're running? What are you running on? A treadmill? I would hope. (laughs) I know, but like, is it a, they, they got this thing, you know, for rehab purposes, that's sort of a zero-gravity type. They get, like, one of these treadmills in a pool at one buck place. I hope he's running on that because I can't imagine um, at any age, really. I don't like to run, period. But I, I used to run a lot. But I'm, you're not going to see me run probably ever again unless it's an accident. I'm surprised that he, did, that he actually did that to himself. But he's like everybody else over there. Um, they still got a ton of injuries. Kind of optimistic, I guess, about Dean. He thinks maybe he'll make it out of the protocol by a Sunday against Buffalo. And um, Richard Sherman. Yeah. Big Sherm has a chance to get to make it back. Remember, they they signed him off the couch uh, after Sean Murphy Bunting got hurt. He came in, and in 12 days, without a training camp, with only two practices, for that matter, uh, dude went out and played um, – Three games. Two and a half. In, in, in two, well, yeah, two and a third. <laughs> two and a third in 12 days. By the time he got to the third game, the hamstring said, no, nah, I'm done. Uh, this is too much. And so he pulled his hamstring. And then he worked his way back from that. And then they go to Washington, and he's ready to go. 
And then in warm-ups, he hurt his calf muscle. That's a sign from, you know, your body, if you want to listen to it, that says, yeah, what are we doing here? Like, you know, are we going to play football What or what? But he's got, apparently got that back in shape now. And, you know, they're just, I mean, they've got some corners. I mean, they're getting the corners back, obviously, with, with Murphy Bunning. They think Dean will be okay. Of course, Carlton Davis came back and played great. You know, he had a couple pass defensed and was active, was all over the field. And so they got their starting, three starting corners uh, if they need them. They're a little thin at safety, though, with Jordan Whitehead out. Um, obviously, Mike Edwards is suspended with the whole COVID issue. So guess what? Richard Sherman, uh, as he tries to come back from that calf injury, and, and Bruce Arians sounded fairly optimistic that he might, he's going to work at safety a little bit. He's going to do a little safety play. Which is not uncommon, you know, if you look mm-hmm. at some of the corners throughout the league as they got older, including Rondé Barber, who might, you know, should be in the Hall of Fame, might might actually get there. Um, they moved to safety late in their careers. Some would have said that Richard Sherman was playing safety when he played the three games at cornerback <laughs> for the Bucks, as loose as the yeah, coverage well, was. <laughs> it was a little off, yeah. I mean, yeah. Technically, he was as deep as some of the safeties were, that's for sure. Um Look, don't make fun of his eleven tackles and his fumble recovery. I mean that. No, hey, you know, the Bucks he needed contributed. him. The Bucks needed him, and he stepped in and, and and played adequately enough and helped them. I mean, he, they were they, so they thin. won games. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not making games. fun of it. I was just it's well a little bit, a but, little, just I mean, a little bit. They won. They won some games, and he was not. He'd tell you he wasn't himself, and then of course his mm-hmm. body wasn't ready for the rigors of playing an NFL season. Um, you know, and then to prove that. He got himself back in shape, allegedly, and then they went out to Washington, and the dude got hurt in warm-ups. You hate that, right? Like, so-and-so was out for the game. You're like, wait, we haven't started the game. Um, but, yeah, Sherman Sherman's body has been kind of betraying him, him a little bit. But they need they need him back because of the safety situation. The whitehead thing doesn't sound good. That's a calf injury. Um, you get these soft tissue injuries. I don't know if that's what something's going to land him on IR or not. They really haven't said. Um, but he did say Sherman's a possibility. Bruce Arians said that um, he's going to start learning safety also. You know, having him here as a veteran player, he can play a lot of positions. So they're going to look at it at the end of the week and see if he's a fit. Because you just, you know, even if – and, and this is the thing. It's not like they're going to start Richard Sherman at safety. Don't get this twisted. So why you why would you cross train a guy like that? Well, because you might need them to get you through a game, get you out of a game, right? So if they're playing and they have a twenty one point lead, a fourteen point lead, hell, a seven point lead, and you get a couple guys down, can he get you to to the next game without giving up big plays and that sort of thing? And I think he can. I mean, I think he's a smart enough football player. Mm-hmm. Um, he'll pick it up quickly. And and again, it's not it's not that you're trying to get him on the field as a safety and that you think. He's going to be one of your best. I mean, obviously, you know, if Whitehead's well, if Winfield Jr.'s well, you know, Andrew Adams is a backup. You've got a number of guys, but you're not looking to, you know, to reinvent the wheel here. But um, in as much as Sherman, you know, would be receptive to it, you'd, you'd let him try to do that. They got some They got some other injuries, of course. Um, I just want to talk about, like, this offense. We look at snap counts, you know, and, and sometimes – the snap counts are telling at the end of each game, right? And you kind of see who played, who didn't, and who played a lot and who didn't. And there's a dynamic going on. It's been going on for a couple of weeks with uh, with Brady, with the Bucks, and this offense. 
I mean, yeah, he hit some some fairly, you know, what you would call a deep ball over 20, 25 yards, whatever. Hit one to Mike Evans the other day. Uh, Gronk had a pretty good shot play. So it's not like Tom Brady's not looking down the field, right? But remember last year, it sure seemed like it was kind of bombs away and maybe to his own detriment. But, like, Scotty Miller was a big part of this team. Um, made the biggest play maybe the second biggest play in Bucks history and the one in the NFC championship game um, at the end of the first half, when he pulled it in for a touchdown and, you know, the Bucks, the Bucks went way up with uh, 21 points in the first half and then they hung on to win. But, you know, Scotty was a big part of it. Tyler Johnson, I can remember an, an unbelievable catch he made on third down in New Orleans in the wild card game that they absolutely had to have. And he's been playing because Miller had been on IR. Now Miller's back. Johnson's back. But they're playing Brashard Perriman. And he played it's just it's it's sort of surprising. I mean, Perriman was a guy that was cut, signed with the to the Detroit Lions, the worst team in the NFL. Um, gave him like two million dollars, I think, and then ends up getting cut before the season. So when you talk to Bruce Arians like, uh, yo, you know, the other guy of course that's not playing is uh OJ Howard because Gronkowski's back and he doesn't really come off the field. Perriman was targeted three times, he had one catch for yards that basically matched Tyler Johnson so if I'm those other guys I'm going let me get this straight so I was good enough in Tom's first year to help you guys win huge games in New Orleans and other places Green Bay playoff games but then we come back the next year and and I'm, I can't get on the field like something has shifted here to me and what I think it is is just Tom Brady has more control over this offense than he ever did, certainly more than he did last year. You know, you don't see vertical shot after vertical shot after vertical shot, you know. Um, you see him getting rid of the ball. There was a stat, Steve, the other day, and, and you know how offensive lines get a lot of credit and a lot of blame for what happens to the quarterback. The Bucks have thrown the ball more than any team in the NFL. Would it surprise you if I told you that Tom Brady has been sacked the least of any starter over a certain number of starts, whatever it is to qualify. That's impressive. That is, right? If you've thrown the most passes, but you're sacked the mm-hmm. least, Yeah, that's impressive quarterback play and offensive yes, line play. Absolutely. And I'm glad you said that. Like, I'm not trying to, to take away from Donovan Smith, who I think is having his best year, Tristan Wirfs, who I think is a guy that's going to pull on a gold jacket one day. Um, we know about Ryan Jensen, Ali Marpet, Alex Kappa, good, solid players. Some of those you could make Pro Bowl arguments for, um, you know. But, but nothing makes an offensive line better than a quarterback like Brady, who in this past week had an average release time of 2.1 seconds. 2.1. I don't know this to be true. I wonder if I could hang in front of somebody for two seconds before he threw the ball, if I could block for the guy. I mean, that's that's how good he is. That's how dialed in he is, right? And certainly your offensive line is helped by that, and I think they've gotten confident, and I think they've gotten better each week, and, you know, they've stayed together. They've been, they've knock on wood, you know, if you're a Bucks fan, they've been fairly healthy. But, man, have they protected Tom Brady. And you need to, right? I mean, that's the one we saw it in Washington. Ali Marpet got beat inside, um, you know, and and Brady on his 
second or third throw. He tried to get one out to Tyler Johnson, got absolutely destroyed. And from then on until until now, it feels like he's been a real checkdown guy to me. You know, it feel, feels like he's just getting well, that ball out of his yeah, hands. Yeah, you're not seeing the deep shots consistently. No, no. You know, the whole the no risk it, no biscuit. When Jameis was here, you know, it was right. down the field nonstop. Brady's first year it was. I mean, heck. The his first, of his, first three quarters of the year of his first season, he was yeah. in tons of deep shots. Well, there was no motion either. I mean, you see no. everything that's changed in the offense. Um, they got to the bye last week, last year and then added some more motion in so Brady could get better reads on the defense. And and now you're seeing him check down a lot more and change out of plays more. And, mm-hmm. and this has truly become Tom Brady's offense now. It really has. It's, it's Tom Brady's offense. He's definitely um, – I don't know what role Byron left which plays. I'm not diminishing what he does. He's the, he's the play caller. But let's be honest, Tom Brady's calling plays. I still don't believe – in my heart of hearts. Now they knew that the Atlanta Falcons, you know, one of the worst pass rush teams in the NFL. So they probably felt confident coming in that they could protect Tom. But you know, every play is its own play and you can, you know, you you can have audibles, you can check. Um they went no huddle a lot, which means that it's a little harder to get the play in from the sideline. You know, that way if you're going to go huddle and line up right away, um you kind of feel like that's sort of quarterback driven but all you need to know is they threw 13 straight passes to open the game i've never seen anything like it and you know that bruce arians detests long drives he hates the 12 14 16 play hates them because the more you have the ball per snap the odds are increasing that you know it's sort of like playing cards right you're going to get a face card here if you just keep turning them over you know they just don't want that situation well, you know who loves long drives? Your defense that's banged up. That's true, and that's complimentary football. You make a great point. You make an absolutely great point. And I wouldn't be surprised if you know there's some thought given to that, whether it's Brady or Arians or Leftwich. Um, but you just didn't see that last year. You didn't, you know, you didn't really see that sort. Of, you saw a lot more explosion. Um, you know, and then and then they're doing stuff in the lineup. I mean, like I said. Rashard Perriman, 59 snaps. It's just so bizarre to me. You know, while guys like Tyler Johnson and Scotty Miller can't get on the field. So, I mean, that that too, like you ask Arians, why was that? He goes, well, he had a really good week of practice, you know, a really good week of practice, which means, translation, Tom was connecting with the guy. Um, very explosive player, obviously, gives you a little bit in the blocking game. But to take those other two guys off the field and not play them, and you're already not playing O.J. Howard, this offense has come down to the Brady Bunch, the guys that Tom Brady, and yes, he loves Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. I mean, those guys are, you know. Well, Godwin caught 15 passes Sunday. Yeah, I mean, he worked him out. Yeah, he he worked him over and out. I mean, like he just, he threw it to him on every down. 51 attempts. So he got 15. And, of course, uh, 99 yards, I think, is what Mike Evans had. So he had some, some big plays, too. But, if you look at the last few games or just the way the Bucks are doing this, it's Leonard Fournette, Rob Gronkowski, and before he got you know, hurt and now suspended, um, Antonio Brown. Those are the three guys that weren't here when he arrived. Isn't that interesting that they're, you know, Leonard Fournette for the last pre, you know, previous two games for this one was just, 
the all everything back and you know it's throwing it to him and running it to him and you know you you just think of that and you know things have changed man things have changed it's Tom Brady's world I mean always has been but well, we've, really all, we've always offense. known that you know if, if Brady doesn't trust you he's not right. going to throw to you right yeah and so, so you, you know, know it, it's Evans and Godwin who are all world receivers yes and the three guys he Gronk. brought in. Gronk, who's a Hall of Famer. Fournette, mm-hmm. who he loves. Mm-hmm. And then Antonio Brown, if they ever get him back. And Hall of Famer as well. Uh, yeah, Hall of Famer. Three of those guys. So, you know, I think Mike Evans is on that career path. You mm-hmm. could see him pulling on a gold Godwin could be. I mean, it's a little early still. but Yeah, but you don't know. Sure. He's already moving his way up the charts with this, with respect to the uh, the Bucks receiving um, records and things like that. Uh, yeah, so it's pretty amazing. I mean, they're you know this these are the guys he settled on, and and look, Gronk, Gronk and Brady. <laughs> I mean, for what Gronk's been through, he's he's uh, you know thirty two years old. He's not an old person by any means, but thirty two, retired from the game, like out of the game. I'm done. Spent a year away from it. Came back. I talked into coming back. Wasn't in any kind of shape. Still managed to make it through every game. Wins a Super Bowl. Two touchdowns. Two tutties. Right. Comes back this year and he's in even better shape. And he ends up with, I think, two touchdown passes in each of the first two games. He had like, or three games. He had four. He had four touchdown passes and you know got two in in two games. And then came the game against Los Angeles against the Rams, and that injury was so significant that I don't think people realized just how dangerous it was. Certainly the Bucks didn't, or they wouldn't have let him finish the game. Um, he got stuck from behind. We now know that he had several cracked ribs. Um, you know, he had a uh, partially punctured lung. And then, you know, after a few weeks of, of trying to heal that up, he comes back too early against the Saints, and he's done in six plays, you know, because he starts to have, you know, essentially like back spasm, things like that. So I was thinking this could be it for Gronkowski. We may not see him the rest of the year. Not only have we seen him, all you see is him in the end zone. I mean, it's like old times for those guys. It really is. I mean, they are riding again uh, like they did in New England all those years. It's really something to watch. He brings so much to this team, Gronkowski does. So that's been fun. That's been that's been fun to watch. Yeah, what, number two all time now on the uh, touchdown, regular season touchdown list between a duo just behind, what, Peyton and Marvin Harrison. Marvin Harrison, they, yeah. the the Gronkowski and um, Tom Brady have 90 Regular season touchdowns, 90. That's a buku, a lot of touchdowns, man. It really is. And 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 three of his – he had three three of his other catches the other day were on third down. That is such an important down to have a guy like Gronkowski that you can target and he can move the sticks for you and you get three more plays and then three more plays and so on and so forth. And that's been his role. You know, when, when Brady needs a big play – when he needs somebody to bail him out in a tight window or whatever it is, that's who he looks for, and it's working. And it's working almost as good as it did you know, all those years in New England, which is, again, a, tre- a testament to how these guys are in shape, how well they take care of their bodies, just how in sync they are with their chemistry. It's really fun to watch. I, I you know, watched a lot of bad Buccaneer football, like most of you that are listening, for 12 years, and you just never saw that. It's next-level kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, Brady has his guys on the field and 
they're going to be the ones that, that he's going to roll with. So it's a um, they're in great position, man. They're nine and three. That matches the best record in, in franchise history. The last team to do it, though, it doesn't guarantee you much because there's, you know, one of the team the nine and three teams were the one, was the one that went on and won Super Bowl thirty seven. Um, the last uh, nine three team was oh seven, and they lost to the eventual Super Bowl champion New York Giants in a wild card game at home, and that was the one that you know Jeff Garcia played in, and um, but the Bucks can clinch. They need. The win over Buffalo, which as we're doing this podcast, they're locked in kind of a one-point battle with with New England. Just a terrible day up there uh, in the frozen tundra. Buffalo may want to come to Tampa today just to thaw out. Right? Right? (laughs) I wonder how drastic, seriously, like how drastic that must be, like to be up there and it's just Arctic blast, right? The wind's howling like 60 miles an hour at times. You go from that to, it's supposed to be like, Low to mid eighties on on Sunday. Yeah, I was just checking that as we were talking here. Uh, yeah, eighty. It's gonna be warm. Sat- warm. Saturday high is gonna get up to like eighty seven. I know it's gross. It's so gross. I'm staying inside. I don't even want any part of that eighty seven stuff. Come on, could be a cold front once in a while. <laughs> it lasts more than three days. That's the thing about down here. It's like the old joke, right? You don't like don't like the weather in Florida. Just wait three days; it'll change. Um, but it will, and it does. So it's going to be. This is a big week, you know. The the Bills, uh, like I said, they're they're in a dogfight as we do this podcast with the Patriots, but they certainly need to win. There are a lot of people pointed to this as a Super Bowl, you know, sort of a Super Bowl preview. Um, I think people are finally figuring out. I was watching all the you know so called news shows, and people are finally figuring out that uh, you know the Bucks got that look to them, right? I mean, Brady is like sixty seven and seventeen career in December. So it's not like he loses any games to begin with. If they can get past the Buffalo Bills, you get past those guys. I don't think New Orleans has enough firepower to hang with you this year. Even though whoever they run out there is going to give you hell, right? Taysom Hill, you name it, doesn't seem to matter. But those are the two key games. Those are the games right there. After that, I can't imagine them stubbing their toe against any of those remaining teams. Well, you may clinch the division this weekend. I think you could with a little bit of help, but regardless, once you do clinch it, um, you know, you got a great opportunity to to reap home field advantage and all those things, and you know, you're you're in good position. I mean, this team has put itself in a really good position when you think about it. It's only happened two other times in franchise history, uh, and one time they won a Super Bowl, and the other time they lost four in a row, and John Gruden got fired. It surprised us all. But nine and three is a good place to be. And actually, I we'll stand corrected. You may not be able to clinch the division this weekend because the you Falcons play the Panthers. So, yeah, you need help. Well, no, one of the, well, if happen. they tie, if they tie, I guess you could. Because one of them is going to no, go to six and seven. You don't even need that. You need you need a couple things. You need. Um, and I wrote about this. Basically, so, with they, with a win over Buffalo, um, and the Saints. They can do it themselves. Well, the Saints, I'm saying this with, weekend. Right. This weekend, but I thought this there was a weekend, chance. But with the weekend, Falcons and Panthers is. playing, I didn't know. If no, they, if okay. the Falcons beat the Panthers, because you have swept the Falcons. That's you true. Played the okay. Panthers yet. Yeah, that's true. So head-to-head, you've got the Falcons. So if the Falcons beat the Panthers and the Jets were to upset the Saints, yep. you're the NFC champions if you beat Buffalo. Okay. You could do it this week. Yep. But those two things have to happen. I mean, it's possible. It's only two things, but... 
win the next, you know, win the next two. Obviously, you're in because you knock the Saints. Which out. isn't it? Because you know, for a couple of years now, it's been like the NFC South is the toughest division in football. Oh yeah, not this year. And all of a sudden, Can't it could be it. clinched in week. What? What are we? Thirteen coming up on? You have three games left. Yeah, thirteen or fourteen. I guess three. it is maybe. If you if you clinch it, well, they're yeah, thirteenth game. Uh, I think it's week fourteen, but yeah, it's week fourteen, but they're playing seventeen. So you could clinch it and have what would it be at that point? You're ten and three, right? The next win, you're ten and three. Um, so I guess you you, you still have you still have four games left. Yeah, there's five yep, left now. Yep, you have four, four left. Mm-hmm. You can go fourteen and three potentially, which would be one hell of a thing. And I think fourteen and three probably gets you the number one seed. I think somewhere along the line, maybe Green Bay is going to lose. Maybe the Cardinals will. Cardinals, let's see, the Cardinals' schedule, they're hosting the Rams this week. Right. They go at the Lions, and they host the Colts at the Cowboys and host the Seahawks. Yeah, those are tough games. I mean, Russell Wilson just came back and won a game against San Francisco. So one home game minimum, but you really want at least two home games. And what you really, really want, tell me what you want, what you really want. The bye. You want the buy. You want the best record in the NFC. Then you're just playing one game to go to the championship, right? Mm-hmm. And and in that case, you'll be hosting it because you have you'd have home field. If you have the number one seed and you get the buy, that means you've got home field. So you play one game against somebody, and then the next game is to go to the Super Bowl. To go to the Super Bowl, just two games at home. And as good as they've been at home, the last two years they haven't lost. Man, that would be a phenomenal position. But I'm telling you. Get by these next two games. Get, and you can't just say that, right, because they're each difficult. It's hard to win in this league. But you get by Buffalo. You get by the Saints. You've got – you don't have anybody on your schedule you can't beat and beat handily. Um, Carolina twice. Obviously the Jets, you know. So you should take care of business there. But we'll see. We've got a long way to go, as Bruce Arian says. that We, we would be in our last quarter um, if it weren't for the 17th game. But – that's the way it goes. By the way, I was watching this game. They're in the fourth quarter now. Mac Jones has attempted one pass. He's one for one. How about that? It's one of these days where the wind is howling and you can't really throw it that well, but one for one. Well, and not only can you not throw it well, they're running it down Buffalo's throat. They're running it right down their throat. And I was going to say, uh, the Bills better strap it on because I am tell you, Leonard Fournette, that's all they're going to do is hand that ball off against these guys. That's what I would do. They're getting exposed. Their defense is the run defense in particular is just not good. So I think they probably Bucks probably went to school. You know, it's one thing to watch the tape and you get all the all twenty two and all that. It's kind of good to sit back and watch it, you know, the broadcast version. You just kind of see things. Um, but I'm sure the Bucks are doing that. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. All right, so uh, Tampa Bay Lightning has been a good couple of days for them. Um, what, 6-1 win in Philadelphia, right? 7-1 in, on Sunday. 7-1? Seven, seven yep. yep, they won in a shootout okay. in Boston on Saturday. That's right. So, But uh, t- yeah. uh, Taylor Radish, his first two goals over the weekend. Right. Boris Kachuk, his first goal on Sunday. 
The kids are playing well, man. The kids are grind are starting to pop out. They're playing extremely well. I mean, you know, going in the season, the whole question was how do you replace that third line? Right. How do you replace the energy line and what they bring you on the on the penalty kill and shifts after goals and to start periods and finish periods and and that that kid line of Colton, Kachuk and Radish has played extremely well. I mean, you notice them every game. They have chances every game. It's amazing it took them this long to get their first goal, to be honest, uh, both Kachuk and Radish, as well as they've played and as many chances they've had. But I really like what they – I mean, you know, are they are they Gord, Goudreau, Coleman right now? No, not necessarily. But the things you look for in, in that line and the energy and and offensive zone presence and, and the forecheck and you just really love what you're seeing out of them. And they're kids and they're getting better and they're learning. And they're getting tremendous experience, and with some of the injuries, they're playing even more time at times. And you're seeing John Cooper give them shifts on the penalty kill, and and giving them more responsibility late in games and in close games. And it's been it's fun to watch and see these kids develop. And it's all good news for the Lightning moving forward. Yeah, I mean they got they got some depth and and some young players, and that's that's always exciting. And their backup goaltender got a win. Yeah, Brian Elliott played well. Actually, he kind of kept them in that game on Sunday to start. And then the offense kind of took over after that and dominated. But the first six minutes or so, uh, you know, Philly was really – Philly had lost, what, seven in a row going into that game. Yeah. Uh, took it to the Lightning. Brian Elliott shut him out there and ended up losing 7-1, to and that got their coach, Elaine Vigneault, fired on Monday. Mm. You hate that. But they have been playing well. And uh, Elliott is from – Wisconsin, I didn't know this. Mm-hmm. I just Guess found it. out. Mm-hmm. So we got yeah, it's from the University of Wisconsin. So got a huge fan now of the backup goaltender here in my home. Lightning tonight get to play Montreal for the first time since the Stanley Cup final. Montreal's Montreal. a really bad team this year. Are they? They are. They've already fired the general manager, oh, uh, Mark Bergevin. Uh, they have like six wins on the season. Mm. They are not a good team right now. So Lightning should. You know, look to be taking two points tonight in Montreal, and then you get to go face Toronto, who's been uh, who's ahead of you in the standings and playing pretty well. So they'll play them mm-hmm. on Thursday. And then in college football, we got some uh, coaching news. They finally got around to firing their coach in Miami because that's where they have all but signed, sealed, and delivered Mario Cristobal, right from Oregon. Yes, he has signed uh, what a ten-year deal there. He's coming home to Miami, so they let Manny Diaz go. Let me ask you this. I know he played at Miami. I know Miami is home. I know that that's mama called, and he's probably got folks and everybody there. Just straight up, is Oregon or Miami a better uh, college football job to coach right now? If Miami's going to have the the dedication to it and the resources, Miami is. Hmm. You're in a recruiting-rich state. Yeah. The amount of talent, if you can just – do what Schnellenberger and Jimmy Johnson build a and, wall and then, around South Florida. You know, keep most of those South Florida kids home. Yeah, bring the swag back to the U. You know, it's a lot easier than recruiting kids to Oregon. I mean, the uniforms are great in Oregon, and the facilities from Phil Knight and Nike are phenomenal. Yeah, but it's still convincing kids from elsewhere to come to Oregon. It's a lot easier well, to keep a kid home. That's true. All of that is true, and yet, and yet. Um, I think you have a better path to a national championship in the Pac-12. 
When's the last time the Pac-12 got in the college football playoff? Well, they haven't for a while, but I'm I'm just saying. I think I I, I do think that it's it's much easier to win the Pac-12 than it is. Well, I shouldn't say that the AC. I mean, although this is unbelievable to me. How is it that Miami has not won the ACC since they joined? I don't know a long time ago. And you've had teams like Pittsburgh. I think Duke might have won it one year. I'm not sure for football, but it's crazy that you know you talk about getting to a national championship and all this. First, you have to get past Clemson. They've been the they've been the you know the the mountain that nobody could climb. And then this year, uh, you know they they did not have a good season to say the very least. Maybe that's the outlier. Maybe not. But Florida State has been down. Um, so many teams down in that league. That I mean, yeah, I mean this year the, the the championship game was Pitt and Wake Forest. Yeah, Wake Forest, ladies and gentlemen, and it was a, and they were good, you know, compared to the rest of the ACC. So I I don't know what's happening in that league. I I you know at least Pac twelve you got USC, um, you know the I mean the occasional UCLA if if uh, Chip Kelly gets it going. I I I think you got a chance at least. Look, they uh, they beat Ohio State early in the season. They couldn't back that up, but I don't know. Just on like face value, the where, where those two programs are at, I think Oregon is probably a better program right today. But I understand completely why he's going back to the U. And look, how many people have tried to restore it? Right, there's been a number of guys that have tried to restore that program, and haven't been able to. So I I worry about Miami, but he's a Miami guy, and maybe he can, you know, relate and have connections with coaches and, and keep some of those guys down there because talent wins and there's a ton of them there's no doubt about it you know down in south florida man it's huge what else we got in college football got the heisman trophy in. finalists are out oh yeah they've been announced right yes there's four of them heading to new york it's bryce young cj mm-hmm. stroud kenny pickett mm-hmm. and aiden hutchinson you know i'm glad hutchinson the only defensive player of that group i'm glad he made it i don't think he's going to win i'd have no trouble with him winning um, he is so dominant and it's such a cool story that he broke his dad's record and holds, holds a sack record now at, uh, at Michigan. I think he's going to be a top five pick, maybe, maybe even earlier than that. He sort of reminds me of a little bit of JJ Watt or TJ Watt, one of those guys, um, just really good, really good pass rusher. I know Gus Johnson um, on the right. broadcast the other night compared him to Jared Allen, a young Jared Allen. That's a good one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Jared Allen had a ton of, yeah. of sacks. Oh my gosh! I think Todd, Todd McShay now has him number one on his draft board. But number I one, Detroit, okay. I think Detroit's going to take a quarterback. Yeah, probably. Assuming, but, assuming but, they get the number one pick, they're only a half game uh, ahead of both Jacksonville and the Texans at this point. So with their win right. on Sunday, but he could he could go uh, top five for sure, and um, and I think he will, which is really good. I'm glad they got a defensive player, C.J. Stroud, earlier in the year. Two three weeks ago, yeah, maybe, um, but this thing's over. It's over. It's Bryce Young. Yeah, it's Bryce Young. I mean, you can't you you just put up four honey and four touchdowns on the number one team in the country, the number one defense in the country, and now you're playing for a national championship as a freshman. Play, he's a, he's a about, sophomore. He's a sophomore. Was he sophomore now? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, they beat uh, Auburn on that last drive. You know, he's had some he's had some Heisman moments already. But to me, it's it's got to be young. has to be. I think it will be, yeah. I think C.J. Stroud will finish second and take your pick between Kenny Pickett and Hudson right. for third and fourth. Right. And Pickett's been great, but, again, Pitt. So, you know, not going to get the credit up there. 
So anyway, we've uh, got the uh, the Bucks will be back in action here in a couple of days. Yeah. They'll oh, be at practice. Forgot to mention the uh, Jim McVeigh has done it again. I oh, did. Congratulations to Jim McVeigh, Jimmy. Every year the matchups just get better, and um, you've got you know, another one that's prime prime time type type matchup between Arkansas and we are Penn State. I don't think Arkansas. You know Penn, I, I think you I saw Arkansas State has is? never been to the Outback Bowl. They have not. They have not. So you got a first-time team in Penn State. Hasn't been here in ten years. So they haven't been here in a while, and they travel. Ooh, they travel well. Both teams like do. Getting, so but they shouldn't have yeah. problems selling tickets. No, we are Penn State. You ever known anybody that went to Penn State? Yes. Yeah, I have family they're members very, that have. Dude, they're very proud of their education up there. <laughs> no, seriously, you know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. How many times they mentioned that they go into Penn State? A lot. <laughs> okay. I know. Uh, yeah. They're very – apparently they do things better than anybody at that education. And, look, it's a fine institution, I'm sure, but they're really proud of their Penn State education. That's a horse co- t- horse collar tackle as I'm watching. Um, but, hey, it'll be good to see the, the Nittany Lions down here in Arkansas. Not Arkansas State, but Arkansas. The Razorbacks, so that'd be cool. Did it again. Congratulations, Jim McVay. The Outback Bowl, one of the longest, I think it's the longest reigning sponsor of any, mm-hmm. any bowl game. It's coming up on 30 years if it's not already. It's, it's pretty close. incredible, right? Incredible that that you would have one sponsor that long, but they do a great job. And um, you know, Gasparilla Bowl should have, should have problems selling tickets either with uh, UCF no, versus Florida. Florida UCF. That's phenomenal. It's like a yeah. dream matchup for a bowl game. <laughs> it's. Yeah, I'm not going to say it's going to outdraw the Outback, but it could. <laughs> you know, the amount of local fans for both that nobody has to travel for. They no one has to travel. There's tons of Gator fans, and in UCF, mm-hmm. they'll come over too. Yeah, it could be a really well attended game. Absolutely, the history. It'll, it'll definitely be the uh, the pinnacle of the history of the uh, of the uh, Gasparilla, which hasn't been around that long. But that's you know just kind of a fluke, right? That my, that Florida uh, won their six games and then. UCF down the road, so that's a great matchup. I'm, I'm, I'm actually it seems like an entertaining game to me. I wouldn't want, wouldn't mind marching that at all. So what happens now? Napier doesn't coach that, right? I mean, the assistants. No, too? no, he'll. I mean, he's there now and working, but yeah, the assistants will. That's pr- tr- traditionally what happens. Yeah, because he hasn't been around the team all year. He doesn't know the playbook. Yeah. you know everything else. So it, you got to practice, like, and you know. Now, I mean, yeah. I'm sure Napier's involved in a lot of the practices as far as getting an evaluation for next year. I mean, sure. the, the biggest oh, advantage of a bowl game, the biggest you reason get a month teams, of practice. it's three yeah. extra weeks of practice that you're allowed Phenomenal. to. Phenomenal. Yeah, that's such a huge advantage to look at your young players and mm-hmm. your players in general. So, yeah, that's you have to win six. I mean, you have to get in a bowl. I mean, that's where, you know, Florida State this year isn't getting those extra practices. USF isn't. That hurts. You, know, you really want those three weeks of practice. And, and you know, the, one of the reasons bowl games are such crapshoots when it comes to the outcome. And, and sometimes you see some lopsided outcomes that don't make sense. Right. Is the practices aren't geared towards winning that game. That's correct. They're geared towards preparing for next year. Your seniors next aren't year. practicing that much. That's right. They're, you know, they're, they are practicing some, and, and you do want a, a good showing. But this is about getting reps for the freshmen and the sophomores who haven't played much this year and That's getting right. them involved in the practice. This is three weeks before you get to spring practice of preparing for next year. Because you know, unless you're in the champ, if you're in the playoff, it's a different story. Those teams right. are practicing to win, period. 
Right. You know, your Alabama, Georgia, Michigan, Cincinnati. Those they're no, not they're, playing they're not worrying something. about getting reps for young guys in those practices. This is all about winning those games. But everybody That's else, right. you know, we saw uh, Thibodeau in, in Oregon announce he's going pro and not playing under bowl game. You're going to see a lot more guys like that. You'll see that. And yeah. I don't have a problem with it unless you're playing in the national championship picture. I don't have a problem with a kid. Well, and, and, and in his case, too, his coach has already left, too. So his coach isn't even there. Right. Um, and Mario exactly. Cristobal is going to Miami. So Exactly. Hard to blame Hard to blame the player um, mm-hmm. with what's at stake. So, um, Okay, well, let's do our, we'll do our mailbag uh, segment and some mean tweets tomorrow. Yep. I still got those rolling in. Goodness gracious, folks. These are these are classics. You guys, over the weekend was really special. I was laying in Atlanta on my bed in my hotel room reading these things, man. It's just um, too funny to almost mention, but we'll <laughs> we'll do some of those. Uh, it's just crazy. Well, I'll leave you on this one. This is not a good stat, by the way. This okay. is from ESPN Stats and Info. Yep. 0-7 Texas Southern beat the Florida Gators, who are 20th ranked in basketball tonight, 69-54. to How did that happen? Since Seriously, ni- how does that happen? Uh, Since 1980, the previous worst record by any team that defeated an AP-ranked opponent was yeah. 0-3, Louisville over Maryland, on December 13th of 1980. Texas Southern yeah. was 0-7. I don't, even, I don't have any clue how that could happen. And beat them by really 15. That's uh, not good. Yeah, I just don't know how that could happen. You just had to have jacked up a bunch of threes and missed them. I, I don't. I don't know how that could happen. Actually, if Florida was yeah, Florida. If I if I'm remembering the box score, went like five for twenty four from three. That sounds about right. And then shot like thirty three percent, thirty eight percent overall. From Meanwhile, the Texas Southern yeah. actually they didn't shoot a lot of threes, but they were shooting almost sixty percent from the field. Yeah, they had to be hot, and you just had to be ice cold. Mm-hmm. And had a thousand shots, but couldn't make any of them. Yeah, I didn't see the game or anything, but I saw that no, stat. I didn't was either. like ooh. Not That's good. a tough one. Yeah. They'll bounce back. They'll mm-hmm. be all right. But still, good win for the other team. Come in there and knock off the Giants. That's nice. All right, so tomorrow when you want to send us uh, your mailbag questions, like I said, we got a bunch already. I'll try to answer all of them. They're 100% correctly, but send them to us at TB. You know the address because you've been emailing me all these mean tweets for all this <laughs> last two weeks. Why am I even getting this out anymore? Or my, my email address is rstroudattampabay.com and then of course you can reach me on twitter at nfl stroud um you guys got that one but uh yeah so we'll we'll do that uh tomorrow and then we're gonna have matt baker to uh sort of wrap up maybe the college football season if we're lucky and Uh, preview the playoff and the bowl games and yeah we'll look at that heisman he'll get his heisman trophy balloting in in order for us i think i know who he's gonna go he he published sort of his his uh his immediate list not in order but Kind of listed some guys. If you want to go to his Twitter feed and see that. So we'll talk to Matt. Um, Army Army Navy game is uh, this weekend. I think that's the the college football sort of finale before the playoffs. That's always an awesome bowl, game to watch. Yeah, it's fantastic. And the Bulls. It's one of my bucket list things. I wouldn't. I would not mind going up there. I think that'd be really cool to go to one of those. So lots coming up. Of course, the Bucks and the uh, Buffalo Bills. And eh, nobody circles the wagons like the Bills, who just missed a field goal. Now they're losing to the Patriots. who are going to go to the Super Bowl and play Tom Brady in SoFi Stadium. You know that's going to happen. Let's just mark it down now. It's and it's and it's Hollywood. It's a perfect Hollywood script. It's a perfect Hollywood Super Bowl. This is made to order. Patriots folks. defense is good enough to get them there. Absolutely, and Mac Jones is you know attempted one pass tonight, so. <laughs> He's not going to screw it up. Look, could there be anything more 
uh, demoralizing and, and on the other side uh, more encouraging than to just say, we're going to turn, we're going to hand the ball off, we're going to block, we're going to tackle, and we're going we're gonna to physically impose our will against you and you can't stop us. That's phenomenal. It really is. That's 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 winning when you know the way you need to win. So kind of cool, but that game still has some time in it. So we'll see what happens. But thanks for listening. Uh, we'll be back, uh, of course, tomorrow for Steve Versnick. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, buddy. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.